In this episode, I speak with founder of Like-Minded Females Network and a host of two different podcasts, Sonia Barlow. Key points addressed were the efforts that her nonprofit, Like-Minded Female Network, the LMF Network, is currently involved in around life skills, workshops, digital training, and similar endeavors. We also discussed both of Sonia's podcasts launched this year and how she achieved overnight success with the fluidity of their launch and sponsorship. Stay tuned for my interesting talk with Sonia Barlow. Hi, my name is Patricia Kathleen, and this podcast series contains interviews I conduct with women, female-identified, and non-binary individuals regarding their professional stories and personal narrative. This podcast is designed to hold a space for all individuals to learn from their counterparts regardless of age, status, or industry. We aim to contribute to the evolving global dialogue surrounding underrepresented figures in all industries across the USA and abroad. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to check out our subsequent series that dive deep into specific areas such as vegan life, fasting, and roundtable topics. They can be found via our website, patriciacathleen.com, where you can also join our newsletter. You can also subscribe to all of our series on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and YouTube. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. I'm your host, Patricia, and today I am so excited to be sitting down with Sonia Barlow. Sonia is the founder of Like-Minded Females Network, LMF Network, and she is also a podcast host. You can find out more on her website regarding everything that we speak about today, as well as herself on www.likemindedfemales.com. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to unpack everything that you're doing. I love interviewing podcasters as people who have uh, been on and as podcasters themselves can attest to. It's, um, it's nothing short of a passion for me. And so I can't wait to unpack all of those as well as what you guys are doing at the LMF Network. Um, the like-minded females. I like the title, I like the, the change into the acronym as well. So I'm excited to do that. For everyone who's new to this podcast, let me follow, um, kind of enumerate a roadmap for you. And then I will read off a quick bio on Sonia and then we will be off to peppering her with questions. So um, the first thing that we're going to look at is Sonia's academic background and early professional life. And then we'll turn our efforts towards examining like-minded female logistics. So LMF's networks, um, when it was founded, the impetus for the launch, what it currently endeavors to do, things of that nature. We'll look at its client profile and company niche, um, who she best advises or speaks towards, where her efforts are with all of that. We'll look at goals that LMF has over the next three years and advice that Sonia has. And we'll also look at unpacking her podcast, her current work therein, um, how often she's releasing, how she's curating her guests, all of those questions that I love to ask. So as promised, a quick bio on Sonia. Sonia Barlow is the founder of LMF Network. Um, a, globally, a global community dedicated to reducing inequalities and providing a foundation to succeed um, women and under, underrepresented individuals through life skills workshops, digital training, a supportive community, and access to expertise for everyone. She's also the founder of her own diversity consultancy and specializes in consultants, consulting on inclusive cultures, change management, and confidence in the workplace. She's delivered two TEDx talks. She's um, delivered keynotes across European conferences. Sonia has been recognized as a rising star in 2017, UK Tech Business Women of the Year finalist in 2018 and winner of the uh, Pitch Fanzine in 2019. 
Um, she has two podcasts, as I mentioned, Strategically Winning It, and one called, um, ooh, that's going to be tricky, but um, is it Log Kai Kahinge? How do you say yes, that? Yes, it's Log Kai Kahinge. Okay. It means uh, what will people say or what do people say? I love it. It's that's so excellent. And her TED um, her TED talk is now on YouTube. You can look for it. It's titled "Failures Come Before Resilience." Uh, you can find her across social media at uh, Sonia Barlow UK. Um, and Sonia, before I start kind of asking you to unpack LMF for me, um, Like Minded Females Network, I'm wondering if you can give us a brief overview of your academic background and early professional life, life prior to launching Like Minded Females. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for that great introduction. Um, so a little bit about me. I am first generation British Pakistani, and I think that's really relevant to my context. So I'm the first uh, one in my family to go to university. I grew up, or sorry, I grew up in a low socioeconomic background um, with very few, if no, role, role models, and ended up working really hard. Since I was young, I've always known I wanted to be something, but not like money or rich, but more create an impact and, and lead change. So I ended up in business school. I went to Cass Business School, graduated in 2015, and then fell into the world of technology. So I've worked in tech, data, digital transformations, consultancy um, since 2015. And like many females, I founded in 2018 uh, in May, purely because being in technology, I was one of less than 15% of women and one of less than 3% of kind of people of color. Uh, when you think of the data stats in the UK but most importantly I was often the only person of colour and the only brown woman in the room for about three years. Uh, I didn't have a sense of community and most importantly I didn't really know who to go to when I wanted to talk about careers and progression and movement and how do I just just get better. Um, I couldn't find that, I couldn't find those people uh, the average networking event in London was £51. I was like, that's ridiculous. One, because I'm a fresh graduate, I don't have that money. And two, because I just don't think you need to pay money to meet people when you have technology, when you have uh, everything online. And so I just kind of got really annoyed one day, um, reactivated my LinkedIn because I didn't have social media for three years, made a LinkedIn group, made a brunch club and was like, right, I'm just going to meet people and and you know, I like avocados, they must like avocados, let's just talk about life over scrambled eggs and avocados, and that's really where it started. Brilliant. What, um, what year was that? Uh, May 2018. 2018. So it's, it's really spiked for you. Now, did this directly launch you into LMF? When did you finally, like, establish, formally establish Like-Minded Female Network? No, definitely not. So the brunch club, I don't actually remember what it was called. Um, I remember making a closed LinkedIn group thinking we were going to share news about careers, but mindful, I only had about 150 or 200 connections on there. So it wasn't vast. I remember making an Eventbrite, because uh, we use Eventbrite here for ticketing, brunch club in, in a brunch place. Ended up going to the brunch place about uh, half an hour early. And about 45 minutes in, they asked my tables back because no one showed up. Uh, so the first two or three brunches, no one even came. It was just me kind of by myself with my best friend, Dewey, just sitting there kind of crying and thinking, oh, why, why are people not coming? So that was in May. 
um, we had our first offline workshop in November. So it took about six months to, to even establish anything um, and anyone. And it didn't really kick off until February 2019. Okay. So you guys are you're, um, about a year or two in. Um, I'm curious when you went to launch it, did it come about all at once or did it kind of germinate slowly over time, acquiring different aspects and what was your main presence when you launched? Was it just simply a website? Did it have an action item behind it? What was it? Honestly, it was nothing except a brunch. It, it had no reason to be except um, I was really lonely. I was mentally not in a great place. I was transitioning between job roles and didn't have a sense of community. And most importantly, I didn't know who to talk to. So it started from a really uh, kind of an insecure problem that I wanted to find people who maybe looked and felt like me, but we can help each other grow and elevate within, within the workplace, and especially within technology. So it was meant to be nothing more than a brunch club. Um, the branches carried on. So as I mentioned in May, we had our first no one showed up in, in July, in June, we had another no one showed up in July. No one showed up by August. We had about 15 people coming along and it was still via LinkedIn. We made an Instagram for it in October, 2018. And so in November, we were able to attract some, uh, some attendees after hours for our first workshop. And even then it wasn't something I really was focused on because I was in, I was working full time. Uh, it wasn't until January where I was between my kind of second and my third role, I had a month off and I thought, well, I've got a month off. I should use this time to network and meet people. And that's really where the name stuck. I started doing more brunches and more cafe meets, cafe meets turned to workshops. Um, I started building a bit more of a LinkedIn presence. So it absolutely started from nothing except an idea. Nice. So what does it look like now today? Can you tell someone, walk us through when you hit um, likemindedfemales.com, what you find? Yeah, completely. So today we are a global not-for-profit social agency of change. Uh, we have engaged with over 40,000 people upskilled over 2000 people through life skills workshops, digital skills training and events. Um, we currently have our headquarters in London, but have chapters in Toronto and in Madrid. I personally through the network have facilitated 110 workshops, uh, worked with over 50 global European partners and uh, very much grown the social community to over 17,000 across LinkedIn, Instagram, a mailing list and slack what do your workshops look like what do they entail and what industries do they service yeah that's a great question our workshops are across industry uh, i realized that one of my own biases was that i thought only women in tech have a problem when it comes to career progression and movement turns out everyone does and so the industry is uh, kind of we are across industry what we focus on is soft skills so soft skills being around uh, kind of building your personal brand, confidence building, um, how to have difficult conversations, how to focus on your mental health. But also, uh, we're currently running a mentorship program of 150 mentees and mentors. We've only launched it. And that's all about career acceleration and career transitioning. So everything we're doing is targeted towards 
uh, let's say kind of 18 to 35 year olds and it's targeted towards the skills that you need to progress to, to either enter the career and industry or to progress in a industry or career path we don't we, we don't tend to focus on one over the other just because they're so fluid right now and um, but we do tend to focus on skill set so that's the skill set of technology and digital so using tech and digital uh, business and kind of entrepreneurial acumen because that's what we find that kind of women and underrepresented groups need the most help with and the subset of that is all about personal branding so I do a lot of work on how to build your personal brand on LinkedIn and Instagram um, on confidence building and on diversity and inclusion so everything of course is umbrellaed is, is under the umbrella of the creating inclusive cultures if we want to empower people we need to give them the tools and resources and if we want to reduce inequality we need to give them tools and resources but also we need to give them the opportunity how are you curating your content as to you it sounds like things have kind of built on themselves are you waiting until you have like a client need like feedback from the people that are attending your conferences or how does information make it in and not make it into some of your um your workshops that's such a great, uh, great question. So honestly, if I have a conversation with more than three people and they've got the same issue, I make it into a workshop. Uh, so in, the, in April, obviously due to COVID-19, everything went online. We had 21 webinars all across the world. Um, just under a thousand people signed up and over 786 people attended. And that was just based on conversations and the workshops that we have with clients. So how we split up now is we're in two forms. We have a community arm which is a not-for-profit, it's a social enterprise, and that is providing free and accessible workshops and kind of training for, for the common person. So that is through conversations, through networking, through the emails and the messages that we receive. So before recording this podcast, uh, I've just actually done a, an event on how to start a podcast for free. So that had over 170 people signed up because that's what they want to talk about. Um, but when it comes to clients, it's about what's relevant, what is happening in the moment in, in kind of society and equally, you know, the, the topics that rise when we're talking to community members about how they're finding uh, or, or why they're finding difficulty in the workplace. A lot of those topics are around unconscious bias. They're around uh, kind of the lack of diversity in, in business and starting from how to hire more gender diversity and then kind of embracing race and ethnicity and kind of other intersectionalities as you go along. Um, and lastly, we have a lot of workshops at the moment talking about how to create inclusive cultures digitally, just because a lot of the world is remote working, but we've never really had the training uh, kind of alongside it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, getting into your podcast a little bit, you've got one titled, both launched this year, and so it sounds like you've taken it on head on. And um, it, it, like a lot of my fellow colleagues um, in podcast hosting, you've, um, it sounds like you've gotten into introduction to share that information as to how to set it up with people out there. I know it's a really common inquiry. Podcasts are the number one thing being launched right now with businesses, um, using it as a new marketing tool and things of that nature, as well as people like myself who are just doing lines of inquiry for education and um, furtherment's sake. I'm wondering, um, you, so you launched two, one's called Strategically Winning It, 
um, to shine a light on businesses. And the other one um, you launched is this is South Asian to introduce um, South Asian culture. So I want to talk first about strategically winning it. Um, how many episodes in are you? How many times a week do you release or a month? And um, what is your goal with it? That's such a great question. So strategically winging it is a tagline that I use very often when people ask me exactly the questions you've asked me. How did you create like-minded females and what did you do with your business? And I'm like, I kind of winged it, but in a, in a methodological uh, kind of format. And so the honest truth is, is I've been working on the second one before the first one. So I've been working on Lokya Kahenge with my partner uh, with my podcast partner for the last few months. Um, and I'm more of a let's get out there and just put something out. And she's a lot more kind of um, she wants things to be a lot more established. So we've been working on that in the background. And so we're strategically winging it. It was uh, May time. And of course, we're in COVID-19. A lot of people are using this opportunity to network and to connect. And I'm getting kind of around 20 emails a day asking people for my time or for a coffee or for a chit chat, asking the same or similar questions. How did you create what you're creating? and How can we do the same? Um, and I, so I woke up on a Monday and decided I was going to launch a podcast called Strategically Winging It. Uh, by Tuesday, I had about seven guests lined up. Uh, by Thursday, I had my first recording. And I think within 10 days, I had three sponsors. Um, I have never recorded before my own podcast. I've never edited before. I am pretty sure the first two episodes are not as good as episode four or five, for example, because I'm learning on the job but that's the rawness by design. I'm strategically winning something. So uh, to answer your question, so far we have five episodes. I try to launch them every week. Um, I couldn't maintain that, so I launch them bi-weekly at the moment. I equally try to give it its own brand presence, but it didn't work out because ultimately it was my voice and associated with a kind of the network that, I, that I've been able to build. And so, I've now kind of taken it in-house under my own brand name. So you can find it under at Sonia Barlow UK. Uh, this, the kind of guests that I found are very much through the network I've built. So connections that I kind of, you know, new, new or new or old. Uh, and, it, and it scopes from kind of contacts in Thailand. I'm based in the UK to Malaysia, to the US. So it's very global and it's global by design because uh, I believe these conversations are occurring everywhere and yet there's no kind of one focal point where, where they can be. Absolutely. So you're releasing twice a month, bi-monthly, right? Because bi-weekly can mean twice a week or twice a month. It's that fun little oh, yeah. So, so uh, bi-monthly is what I, what I tried to say. Uh, yeah, twice a month. Okay. And um, the curation sounds like it's coming from your own personal Rolodex, which is awesome. I'm wondering um, duration and also sponsorship is interesting. It's the wild west still in the United States when it comes to sponsorship and podcasting. And I love talking to podcasters about this because it's a very proactive lens that um, it, it requires an entirely new skill set to be able to reach out to potential sponsors, identify them, and then understand the different deals that you can pitch to them. So let's get into um, the first thing, which is how did you identify your sponsors and how did you acquire them so quickly and what kind of different deals did you pitch to them? That's a great question. So uh, the sponsors that we have are communities that we've been working with or companies that we've been working with for the last kind of uh, 18 months or uh, kind of connections that we've built up in the space that have similar, similar energies and passion points. 
what I pitched to them was very true in regards to sponsor this podcast. Um, and the sponsorship does not come into my pocket. The sponsorship goes straight to the LMF mentorship scheme. And so that's one way of doing it. The objective was how can I create a scheme that has a bit of money behind it so we can uh, kind of pay for Zoom. Zoom is expensive. Uh, we can pay for online courses. We can give mentees and mentors great kind of prizes at the end. So the sponsorship was in regards to sponsor this podcast, have someone from your company come on and speak, but this sponsorship will go directly to this mentorship scheme, which I'm trying to build out. Uh, so that was it. I have had other companies approach me, i.e. let's sponsor and do this advert, let's sponsor and share this kind of, um, share this really kind of salesy interview. That's not my vibe and that's not what I'm trying to promote. So it's not something I'm okay with, at least not during this time. I want it to be, if you ever listen to it and hopefully will, it's authentic, raw conversations. It's not scripted, it's bullet pointed. We go from one tangent to the other, but ultimately we're trying to figure out how this person, this leader, this founder is now, is, is in this position. And, and so it's meant to be quite raw and quite fun by design. If I was to get a sponsor who wants a plugged in advert, I think it takes away from the values that the podcast is trying to share. Yeah. And um, I think that there's a lot of, um, I get asked to speak a lot about um, developing podcasts and things like that um, because I'm kind of a veteran in the field. And I think that when people get excited about making money or becoming, um, you know, sponsors or dealing any type of an affiliation with someone um, who's going to come on on a financial sense, you really need to make sure that your two lines are attached, especially with the niche audience. You know, you wouldn't want someone who's, you know, got a vegan brand getting attached to a company that tests on animals in some way. And I think that that's kind of an overt one, but there's a lot of messages that can be lost. Again, there are a lot of guests that will not consider coming on if your advertiser is someone that they don't subscribe to. So it can eliminate a lot of people that you want to have on. And I think that that's true. There's a lot of due diligence to be done in vetting um, sponsorship and um, advertisement at large, partnership, any of those terms. Um, but I think yours is, is not only clever, but it's very, very insightful to have this ulterior, you know, altruistic motive of it helping sponsor, um, help with the mentorship program and things of that nature. I think sponsors would be much more likely to come on, um, particularly with the nonprofit, at least in the United States. I know that you, you guys over the pond have different um, taxation and things like that, but that would be a very attractive point to a lot of people. Um, here looking for sp or sponsors here looking to identify. So that's a really good in. I like that. I think it's clever. I want to move on now to your second podcast. I'm going to have you say it again for me. Lokakahenge. Yeah, very close. Honestly, it, it's very close. It means um, what will people say or what do people say? So in the South Asian culture, and it's not just uh, it's not just for South Asians, but we're South Asian girls, two girls that started it. So kind of in the Asian culture, let's say in, in, in the back culture, you know, in, in most cultures, you've grown up with this notion of you want to do something, but your parents like, well, what will people say? And what will society say? And you're constantly fed that. Uh, everything I have done every in my life, the reply before I think someone's thought about how it how it impacts me is well what will people say about what you've done and it's like why do I care what other people think or or, or how they feel um and so my uh, co-host and I 
we wanted to unpack that because we are both living like non-traditional lives as Pakistani women and we've had a lot of stick for it um and we really wanted to talk about our journey but most importantly the journey of other people who are equally living non-traditional kind of non uh non non-typical livelihoods and and how they've got there and what it means for them and the barriers that they've had to break down between families and friends and culture and community to get there there's a lot of unpacking to do with that as well. You know, um, it's definitely not owned um, by the Pakistani people of what will people say. I think every community um, from the bottom up has had from tribal all the way up to, you know, the highest and most developed government um, concern about that. And I think that there, especially your identity as a woman, as a, you know, as a, a, a child of immigrants, things in the UK, the what will people say has met multiple layers to it, especially with someone like yourself. Um, do you reach into different sectors in this? So do, does your analysis not just go into the personal narrative, but also how it's affected in the business narrative about how that affects entrepreneurship and things of that nature? Yeah, we're a cross sector. So my co-host is actually an actress. She studied law and she's an actress. I studied, uh, so I, I, have, I have a tech background and now I'm an entrepreneur, a freelancer. Um, so we look at both angles. She focuses a lot more on the media, the arts, the creative industry. Uh, and I focus a lot more on the kind of the business, the uh, common societal perspective, the community angle. And so it, it meshes really well um, on, on both of those elements. And we don't, we don't restrict it to industry. We don't restrict it to the type of people that come on. We have for every two podcasts we have as a conversation, we have one guest and we make sure our guests are dynamic and diverse as well. Uh, so we've got kind of models to comedians, to dancers, to um, kind of tech, uh, tech and business leaders on the podcast, sharing their opinions and their views from all over the world. Because like you said, it's not a Pakistani problem. It's an everyone problem. Everyone feels this. But I guess for us, it was more around the lack of role models that we have in front of us and, and the impact that we're creating as two brown girls leading in these spaces. We wanted to make sure that especially the younger and the newer generation have something to relate to if they felt like they wanted to go into acting or the arts, um, if they wanted to kind of quit their job. Was I quit my job and I you know, went freelancing and uh, to the to this point, you know, some of some family and friends are still kind of are, are telling me that I made the wrong decision because it's not the normal decision, and so we just wanted to give them alternative opinions on on alternative lifestyles that that are still flourishing and doing really well. Nice, yeah, that's exciting. Um, the title is it Farsi or Pakistani? So it's actually Urdu and Hindi, um, but the terminology is extremely similar across kind of Asian and Middle Eastern narratives. I got you. That's why it's like, it sounds like a mixture of everything. That's exciting. Hindi's, um, it's a beautiful language. Um, I'm wondering, this has so many different phrases like that. They have these catch-alls in Hindi. Um, I have a colleague who's like, we've got a, we've got a little phrase for that. I'm like, oh, I love it. <laughs> Collect all of them and, and write them up. Um, so I'm wondering with your, the second podcast, again, the logistics about, did it come out the exact same time as your first or was it born out of your first? How many are you putting out a week or a month? And um, how are you finding your guests? Yeah, thank you so much for that question. Um, I think this one is a lot more consistent because I have a co-host. 
and she is she is very much directing so we started planning the podcast in I'm going to say just after the new year and we actually recorded two original sessions in February uh, but listening back to them we realized that it didn't really fit the vibe that we were after and so we went back into planning process in March, in April, and by May, I kind of said to her, look, we just need to get something out. Um, originally, we wanted to record it in person via video and via, so similar to what we're doing, right? Have a video content and have a podcast content. Uh, but in May, we decided we were just going to kind of do it uh, via uh, kind of virtually. Uh, and still record ourselves via tripod at the same time, make a video and do a podcast version. Um, so that one comes out once every week. We tend to record with guests once, uh, one guest a week, so we have a bank ready. Uh, we tend to edit it about three days before it comes out. And my co-host Zoha, she is the one who actually does all the marketing, the comms behind it, and I'm the one who does the editing the small kind of audio snippets and any anything to do with kind of the background and the recording of it. Nice. That sounds tidy. Well, I want to turn now towards um, looking at your goals for um, LMF Network as well as your podcasts, um, both of them, for the next one to three years. This is something that's changed a lot for people given the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'm wondering if you can kind of enumerate on what your goals are for all three of those endeavors um, for the next one to three years. Yeah, I guess the, the honest truth is my one vision in life is to be like the go-to public speaker, right? That's that's my kind of end goal. Public speaking means podcasting, means hosting, it means um, delivering workshops. So as much as I can use my voice to educate and impact others, that's what I want to do. And that's my wide life goal. And so all the endeavors I have is are, are enabling me and amplifying me to do, to, to do that and enabling me to kind of build on those skill sets. So from a podcast perspective, I definitely want to carry on from a strategically winging it podcast. I want to carry it on to the point where I can launch a book at the end of it um, and really kind of publish from an author's mentality. From a law kakahenga, we want to carry it on to the point where we can have a talk show and we can invite guests on uh, in person. And from an LMF network perspective, we already have three global chapters and our goals in 2020 was to upskill 1200 people. We're currently hitting over 2000. So by 2025, we want to upskill 12,000 people across the world. We want to launch at least five uh, versions of our mentorship scheme. So our first one is 120 matches, right? So we can only imagine that by the fifth one, we've kind of matched and mentored uh, kind of, if we're sticking to the number 12, 1200 people, across the globe. We wanna be able to launch in 12 different countries chapter-wise by 2025. And most importantly, what all of these three endeavors have in common is that it goes back to that point of providing education so that we can reduce inequalities and share various and different diverse narratives and allow everyone to see the alternative routes that they can take to get to the same or similar positions and that means position of impact, position of power, uh, kind of positions of progression. And that's what all three have in common. They, they are helping me to kind of reach my end goal, but they're doing it in different forums so that you're impacting different and various people along the way. 
Nice. That sounds very stratified, very logical. Um, I'm wondering, we're at our final question for today, um, and I'm wondering if you were at some beautiful garden or park tomorrow at a safe social distance in the UK and someone walked up to you as a young woman or female identified or non-binary individual and they said, listen, Sonia, I'm so glad I found you. We have someone in common and um, she's told me to come and get advice from you. I have um, kind of peppered through the tech world. I've, I've done this and done that. And now I've decided um, I'm getting ready to, you know, launch this um, LinkedIn group. And um, I'm hoping that I can just kind of bring like-minded people together and figure out what I'm doing from there. What are the top three pieces of advice you would give that person knowing what you know now? Yeah, it's, uh, it's such great advice. I think my first advice is what my, or what my TED talk is on, a failure comes before resilience. We tend to think of failure as making a mistake and, and getting things wrong. Actually, my first piece of advice for everyone is embrace failure. Failure is a temporary disruptor and it will help you on a path of innovation, of transformation, of revolution. Uh, failure is extremely important, so don't be afraid to try. The worst that can happen is, is it doesn't work out and then you try again and you go down a different route, right? So kind of failing and trying is really important. The second thing is, that resilience element so resilience is is so key in everything we do um, resilience is like a muscle so you have to strengthen it the same way you go to the gym to strengthen your muscles resilience works on being strengthened so know that you are good enough you are capable enough and you are resilient enough to go through any and every obstacle um, and the last one and I guess one of the most important ones is uh, be okay with leaning into your community Community is so important right now, and it's always been important. That's the thing. But you know, recently it seems more and more important. And your community are those who share same or similar values, same or similar mindsets, and same or similar goals as you. You can find them online. You can find them through technology. You can find them in person. But don't be afraid to lean on them and to ask for their support and and to listen to how you can help them as well, of course. But lean in lean in with your community and if you are doing this because you don't have a community then know that once you find one really listen to how you can support them and and work together to create a more powerful uh, uh powerful and more kind of uh, yeah powerful and 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 one with a real sense of purpose I think is what I'm trying to say. Um, community is so important, and I don't believe that I don't believe that someone in the world cannot find someone else in this day and age that can help them. Is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, if you are not kind of brave enough to go out yourself and do that, lean on the people you have around you, and hopefully they can help you get there. Yeah, or create your own, like you did. You know this this. Yeah moment um so i've got failure comes with resilience embrace failure number one number two resilience is key in everything and needs to be strengthened periodically number three lean into your community yeah completely i mean these are all kind of titles of of my ted talk which <laughs> which makes no sense because the second one even is a uh, please come online so it's how tech um we can use tech to build communities but that is very much my messaging and all of the journeys that i realized is the reason i'm here is because I've absolutely failed at most things I've given given myself to. Uh, be it my first job, be it my second job, be it the first time I tried to do a brunch club, be it the fact that I didn't even look after myself and I failed when it came to my own mental health. And 
I wouldn't be standing on that stage. I wouldn't be here if I hadn't failed so hard that I had to get up and, and realize I'm not going to freelance. and I'm not going to do my own thing. So, you know, there, there is opportunity in absolutely everything. Absolutely. And I think there's been a lot of re, um, reanalysis of what the power of saying no and failure and all of those really negative things and taking, you know, the onus and power back from those things that felt like a death sentence. So I appreciate your, um, your thoughts on that. Listen, Sonia, we are out of time today, but thank you so much for coming on and giving us um, all of the, the conversation about your past, your history, your current work with founder of Like-Minded Female Network, LMF. It's all been um, very, very interesting. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's beautiful what technology can do considering you're, you're based in the US and I'm based in the UK and we can have such an amazing conversation. Yes, I love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And I can't wait to kind of dive more into your community and find out what you guys are doing. Um, for everyone who's been listening, thank you so much for giving us your time today. We've been speaking with Sonia Barlow. She's the founder of Like-Minded Females Network as well as a podcast host. Um, you can find out more about on her website, www.likemindedfemales.com and on Facebook at Like-Minded Females. Thank you for giving us your time. Uh, I appreciate it. And until we speak again, remember to stay safe and always bet on yourself. Sláinte.